0: Chapter 25 of the Memoirs of a White Elephant. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Alice Wild The Memoirs of a White Elephant by Judith Gautier. Chapter 25 the iron ring we wandered on going from village to village from town to town from city to city till we finally reached calcutta and here my life was once more changed it happened in this way we had been stopping a long time in this great city where mokunj was always able to find work for us both the english language which he had learned in his youth was often of great advantage to him here we had been working for several days on the wharves where we were employed in unloading vessels the heaviest burthens were as nothing to me and mcconge was alert and insinuating and so was able to render a thousand little services to the travellers and also to the sailors he was now earning a generous living for us but alas It only resulted in more frequent and more furious fits of drunkenness for him, and for me in blows and humiliations. It often happened that he went off to drink at the neighboring taverns, and left me alone to stand and await his return. He knew very well that I would be faithful. Now one day we had been helping to unload the cargo of a large merchantman, and Mokunj had left me a few vegetables to eat and had gone off to drink. When there came in at the same wharf, a large liner, bringing a great many passengers. I was distressed that my master should miss a chance to gain so many rupees, but I felt it would be useless to go in search of him. The wisest way would be to wait patiently for his return, and that was what I did. Mokonj might return in time. I could only hope he would not be drunk. I watched the passengers as they disembarked. There were Europeans, mostly English, who ran about here and there, asking questions of the porters, not making themselves understood, nor understanding what was said to them. The spectacle amused me greatly, and I watched them closely, trying to imagine from their looks what each one would do. It was not long before I remarked among them a group of persons whose calmness contrasted with the agitation of the others. They numbered something like twenty there were about as many women as men all were young and well dressed it did not seem that the voyage had fatigued them they stood together on the wharf taking but little notice of their surroundings one of them now quietly reviewed the company and seeing that none of them were missing we may as well go to the hotel said he to his companions then addressing one of the young men he said mr Oldham." you will please remain here and see to the unloading of our baggage yes mr hardwick i will do so replied he then all except accept mr oldham went quietly off i looked curiously at this mr oldham he was a most singular young man tall and thin with very long arms and legs and enormous hands his head was small his mouth stretched from ear to ear and his cheekbones projected strangely while waiting for the luggage to be landed, Mr. Oldham strode up and down, seemingly impatient, and murmuring something to himself which I did not understand. I was in despair at Macungie's absence. These strangers, thought I, must have a lot of baggage, perhaps very heavy, and if my master were here we would get plenty to do. While thinking about it, I was playing mechanically with a great ring of iron which lay at my feet. It had once been fastened into the ground, but it was no longer secure, and in playing I had unintentionally loosened it. I was now amusing myself by tossing it up in the air and catching it on my trunk as it fell. All at once the eyes of Mr. Oldham turned in my direction, and he began to watch me closely. My play seemed to interest him, and he called one of the workmen on the wharf and inquired, "'Do you know who is the owner of that elephant?' Oh yes, said the man, it is a poor fellow who works here at unloading ships. He has got a very intelligent animal. That was all. But Mr Oldham continued to look at me, and as for myself, my vanity being awakened, I made a point of not missing a single ring, and Mr Oldham gave vent to O's and Ahs of admiration and murmured The elephant juggler That would look well under her playbills they now began to bring ashore the luggage of mr oldham and his friends there were enormous boxes and crates of strange shapes bales of rope stacks of poles and many things scarcely covered at all of which i could not imagine the use then they brought up out of the great ship chariots cages of wild animals and at last numbers of horses who seemed bewildered by the voyage Well these are strange travellers thought i and they have strange luggage they loaded the boxes and bales onto the chariots and harnessed to them the least fine-looking of the horses a number of men who seemed to be the servants of mr oldham took the horses by the bridle or mounted on the chariots and all were moving off when mcunche arrived he was not very drunk and he went at once to mr oldham to offer his services it was too late but as he pointed towards me mr oldham said to him ah you were the owner of that intelligent beast you had better come to the hotel victoria and ask for mr john hardwick director of the grand circus of the two worlds he may have something to say to you that will be to your advantage and mr oldham went off with the chariots and baggage at first mcconge never thought of going to see mr john hardwick he could not understand what the director of the circus of the two worlds could have to say to him but fate ordained that for the next two days we had almost no work and were reduced to the verge of starvation it was then that he remembered mr oldham's invitation he thought that even if mr hardwick had nothing of importance to propose he might at least take pity on him And give him a little something in charity. So, having warned me, a useless precaution, to remain patiently where I was, he set off for the Victoria Hotel. End of chapter twenty five, recorded by Alice Wilde.